Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Self-Improvement Project. I hope everybody is well and this week I have a wee treat for you. I have a guest called John Davis who I will introduce in a second but we had a wonderful chat about a number of things including how important it is to be present as much as possible. It's the only way we can live about mental fluidity and that flexibility around being able to react, change and adapt to your environment and around you. The importance of meditation and at the end in the show notes I've got a little treat for you where I've popped in a link where you can visit John's website for a gift. Now, a little bit about John. So, John is an internationally renowned keynote speaker, comedian, fight director, stuntman, college professor, artistic director, and action hero. He has travelled extensively throughout the world, speaking to audiences of all ages and backgrounds in 28 countries and over 4,000 live performances. John is here to inspire you to set and reach your maximum potential and awaken your inner action hero. So that is our little introduction for John. So I hope you enjoy our chat and I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy. Yeah. Okay. So listen, when I when I was when I was a young man, a, a child, I really wanted to be uh, Robin Hood. I, I used to run around the woods with a stick in my hand, pretending it was a sword, and that manifested in the idea that I really, as I grew up, I decided that I wanted to become a stunt man and a fight director. And I ended up going to a Renaissance festival. And for any of you who don't know what a Renaissance festival is, that basically means I was wearing tights and living in the woods. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I, I ended up meeting two of the top fight directors in the world and was fascinated by what they were what they were delivering uh, to me in in terms of positive reinforcement. They really liked me as an actor and a combatant and told me so and then offered me all their training for free because they wanted to be part of my growth. And so I was I was very enthusiastic about that because I had a, a an emotional abusive father who would really knock the the uh, self image out of me at a very young age, and these two gentlemen were like top of their craft and really giving me the positive reinforcement that I needed. I was also at that same time going for my black belt in Taekwondo, and I was I was I was fit, I was strong, I had long Fabio hair in those days, as as opposed to this Telly Savalas thing I got going on now, <laughs> right? And uh, I ended up. Um, being really, you know, just really buff and strong and really doing the stuff. And then a buddy of mine said, hey, you want to come help me unload my van? I said, sure, no problem. He said, well, you know, so I drove out to his house and he was a professional potter. He made pottery and he had boxes of clay in the back of his van, which were 80 pounds a piece. I climbed up in the van. I picked up the very first box. I turned to set it outside of the van and my spine broke in two and I collapsed to the ground. Now, they took me to the hospital. The doctor says, uh, Mr. Davis, you have a condition in a spina bifida occulta, which basically means that two of my vertebrae, three of my vertebrae, never formed properly at birth. And with the extra extra weight and the and the and the twisting action, 
I literally disconnected the top half of my spine from the lower half of my spine, and it pinched off my, my nervous column, my nervous system there. And so they told me, we don't know if you're ever going to walk again. And even if you do walk again, you can never have a physical career, like a, like a, a very physical career, because your body just can't do it. And so I, uh, I, uh, I said, no, I, uh, you know, I was in a really bad place. I was really in a dark place, wanted to kill myself and everything else. And a buddy of mine came in and he gave me a book called The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee, which is really, if you think about it, it's kind of like the cruelest joke you could play on me at that <laughs> moment, right? It's like, look, the martial artist who was just told he'll never do martial arts again, let's give him a book by the greatest martial artist in the world about martial arts, right? So, <laughs> come to find out, however, Bruce wrote that book when Bruce was in traction and had just been told he'd never do martial arts again. And I... Um, that book, when you read it, is not like katas and forms like you see in martial arts. That mm. book is philosophy of martial arts. And I discovered this whole pattern of, of techniques for overcoming adversity. And one of them was uh, being very present, staying very present at all times. And number two was mental flexibility, being able to stay in that place of when adversity comes, you know, keep your eye on your goal and flow into, around things until you get to your goal. And so that day I decided not to listen to my doctor because mm. all he was really giving me was belief. He, you know, his, he was saying, you know, you're, you'll never be a, fun, a stunt man, a fight director. You may never walk. He mm. was giving me negative beliefs. And so I had to take my own beliefs into my own hands and say, okay, what I believe I achieve. You know, Buddha says, what you think you become, you create your world. Krishna said you were the culmination of your thought. Gandhi says you must be the change you want to see in the world. Uh, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Jesus said, um, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. But Moses said, God's name was I am. And so I could take I, what the doctor said and be living the he said I am. Mm. Or I could take the I am. What am, what am I? What am I doing? So I decided I'm going to be a, fr- I'm a, a stunt man and a fight director, no matter what anybody said. And so that day I started flexing my neck muscles. Mm because that was the top of my spine. And then I take my, my present moments and I just slowly worked down my, the muscles of my back all the way down to my injury. And by day 30, I was, I was b- below my injury. I actually flexed my hips. I was able to sit up on the side of the bed. Wow, yeah. And then at uh, six months, I was up moving around the hospital. Um, at a year, I was uh, back to what I would consider a very normal physicality but not back to my rock hard masculine self. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, but in the year and six months, I was back to my physical self. I was wow. back to yeah. lifting the same amount of weight I'd ever lifted. I was back to being this, this strong stuntman fight director type of person that I was. And I climbed up on top of a three-story tower and I jumped off into a fall pad uh, wow. at a year and six months. And then I, yeah. I went on to do over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world. And I worked with movie stars in Hollywood. I even took my stunt show to the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. Uh, I became a college professor. I became a keynote speaker. I ran theme parks. I did anything I ever set my mind to ever since then because I knew after that accident that I could do anything, and it was my choice. Nobody else could take my moment from me. And so if if someone's telling you what you're going to live, then you can take their belief about your life and live their life because that's what you're, you're actually living their belief, right? Yeah. You have yeah. to take your own belief and live your own belief. I find it fascinating that 
you can have that persistently for so long and it leads to all these things. I'm key, pardon my ignorance with the being present and the mental flexibility that you read about, but do you feel that be you can be present all the time and it is beneficial? And do you... I'm I'm interested with the COVID lockdown side of things, like because being present in mundane circumstances, which I know that you will have gone through through that injury and doing little things each day, like how is does that has that helped with that? Well, well, well? let me let, let me let me let me first of all kind of reframe what you said a little bit. Uh, you will never not be in your present moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. You only you only have one moment that you have thought, word, deed, and they're able able to be used, and those are the three elements of creation, right? The problem that people have is not that they're not present; it's that they're focusing on different time zones, right? They're taking their present moment and they're wasting it on some future event that may or may not happen, yeah. Or they're focused on the what they did to me in the past. I'm a victim because of that, right? Mm-hmm. So they get into this place, but the reality of it is the past is just a a uh, stack of present moment memories that give you an underlying subconscious belief. And the future is just a place where you set goals for future present moments, but you never experience them in the future. Mm-hmm. You only experience them in the present moment. So to be very present means that if I can set a goal for the future, but unless I'm putting action in it in the only moment I have to put action into it, I'll never get it. So I've got to make small, successful present moments that are in alignment with that outcome for me to get that outcome. So COVID hit. Okay, mm. let's talk about that. So I am a professional keynote speaker, which means my job is to go into small rooms with large numbers of people, right? <laughs> right. Uh, for 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 COVID, for the speaking industry, COVID was like the the Marvel superhero blip. You know, mm. Half the half the speakers went away and all the work, right? Very quickly, and so. At that moment, I, I'm okay. Okay, how do I how do I remain flexible? How do I stay in this space when this is happening to my entire career? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here right now. Before we came on this interview, we had a little pre-chat there, and I told I was telling you about the technical stuff I've done, right? Well, all that happened because of COVID. Mm. Right, right. Right now in my house, I have this small studio that I'm sitting in with the green screen and the lights and the whole bit. Other side of the house, I have a full-size studio where I can do whips and nunchucks and all kinds of crazy things on camera, right? None of that existed before COVID. Mm. But but when COVID hit, I said, okay, I can be like the speakers who give up on their career and go away, mm. go get a job somewhere, or I can leverage this as, into something better. So I started doing virtual programs, you know, mm. and I'll tell you what, the benefits of virtual programs are amazing because I get almost the same fee and I don't have to wear pants. So it's good, <laughs> right? right, right. <laughs> the other thing is, is that my daily, I do, I do a daily video every day, motivation wise. So okay. every day there's a video going out of one of these studios, right? I do two podcasts, so they come out of these studios, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing online courses now, so those came out of these studios. Um, on, on top of that, I'm also doing, um, I'm writing my book again. I've gotten more written on my book in the past year than I have ever, right? So. I could I could literally say, okay, uh, I'm done, or I could literally say, oh, I'm gonna be flexible, as Bruce Lee would say, I'm gonna be like yeah. water, 
something's going to come up and it's going to seem contrary. I'm going to flow around it or over it. And the longer you water hits a rock, it even goes through it. Right. Yeah. So it comes down to that idea of staying flexible in that moment. And that's, that's really key. Yeah. And the, I can sense and the positivity is radiating out <laughs> as you talk about this, despite it being a negative or could be perceived as a negative situation. Now you touched on perceiving history as a victim, etc. How do you channel it into a positive element? Is there anything out with the being present or the mental flexibility side of things that helps you be positive with these things? Well, the first thing you have to realize is anytime you're negative, you're in a fear of some kind. Okay. And fe- fear is the is the the one element that is prevalent in all its, of, its, of life experience. Buddha says what uh, the secret to enlightenment was the eradication of fear. And so, so think about it that way. So what is fear? When you, when I ask audiences all over the world, what fear is, their response is usually a dead silent room. Nobody (laughs) has a good definition. Right. And then somebody will use the old, the old metaphysical trope. They'll go, you know, false evidence appearing real. Right. I hear that all over the world too, Mm. but that's not true either. Because when you look at fear scientifically, fear is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. Mm. because if you were focused on a future event and had ever focused on a positive outcome, you wouldn't be afraid. So it, you literally are focused on a negative outcome. It's negatively focused. In fact, when you break it down even further, all it is is negatively focused uncertainty. Mm. So that's all fear is. But the interesting thing is we as animals of the world have a primal response and that yeah. primal response get, does a couple things. The first thing it does, it puts us into survival mode. You know, how do we survive? Mm. But at the beginning of survival mode is this one natural primal reaction, and that is where we go, <gasps> we gasp for air. You know, if you ever watch a uh, one of those those safari shows or National Geographic shows on TV, every episode has a doomed gazelle. <laughs> every, every one of them, right? And yeah. that that gazelle's out there munching grass in the field, crunch, 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 right? And then suddenly the the predator cat hits the field. First thing the gazelle does is go oh, and gasp for air. Yeah. Right. You ask anybody who's afraid, the first thing they'll tell you is, I don't feel I can breathe. I can't breathe. I can't. I'm so, I, I can't catch a breath. It's not because they can't get air. It's because their body is storing air so that they can run further and faster. That's what the body does with a natural primal response. You take a Broadway actor and you put him on a stage in front of thousands of people and let that, let that actor forgets his lines. You know what they're trained to do? They're literally trained to exhale, relax all their muscles. It shuts off the survival response, turns on their cognitive thinking brain, and all their lines rush right back into their heads, right? It's a natural primal response, right? So you can shut off your fear. Now, the next part of this is that if you really want to shut it off, once once you get to that state. Now, I have been on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan. I've stood with soldiers who have been out there, and I personally have been shot at out, out there as well. Let me tell you, when I talk to the soldiers, they say, how can you go into these situations where you make it shot at? How can you not be afraid? How can you? And the first thing they say is, well, we all get together and we talk about the plan and we all go, all right, let's do this thing. (laughs) And they all exhale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then to take it one step further, they get positively focused on the objective. 
So they get they get fearlessly focused on the outcome. Mm-hmm. They've set their fears aside. Now they're focused on the outcome. So now they're they're okay. Now I I can stay focused, and we're gonna we're gonna get that done. Mm-hmm. And they, Cre- they go out trying and to create it. that certainty, even though yes, yeah. and, and, and that's just it. They're not trying. Yeah. They're not trying. They're doing. Yeah. And that, that that is the key. So you know, your words will tell you exactly what you're thinking. And as I said earlier on, you only have one moment. And so I had in that hospital bed, I had to take certain words out of my vocabulary and the words I took out of my vocabulary, are not the words you would think, you know, not the word my Catholic mother wanted me to take out of my <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> they were um, wanting, needing, hoping and trying. Because none of them are creative in your present moment. OK. All right. Yeah. So I don't say anything about my present moment that's not creative positively. And that's why I have a positive outlook, because I always get what I what I put my mind on. I always get it because I'm, I'm like, okay, no, we're going to get this. This is going to be cool, right? And in the words yeah. of Yoda, mm, do or do not. There is no try, right? Yeah. <laughs> there is no, no try. You have to keep your mind focused on on what you're creating in your present moment. You got to get fearlessly focused and you have to believe you're going to get it. Yeah. You know, because if you don't believe you're going to get it, if you don't have faith in the outcome, then then you, you're not going to take the actions, right? So, so how, what how, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's just as you're saying this, I'm. I completely agree, and for people that want to be positive but feel that their natural, not instinct, but In- their mind, yeah, their inclination takes them down that negative route yeah. because can I of. Tell you, can, yeah, can I tell you yeah, why? Yeah. Can I tell you why? Check this please, out. Please, please, yeah. You're, you're going to find this interesting, okay? I think. I hope. I, <laughs> I hope your audience <laughs> does as well. <laughs> All right, right. So I've already said that your past is just a collection of present moment memories, right? So the other, the subconscious mind has two jobs. One of them is to store those present moment memories to give you subconscious belief. The other job that it has is to show you what you're focused on. So in other words, I, like, I, I love Jeeps. I've had six of them in my life. I've got one in my garage right now up on 35 inch tires and all jacked up and all kinds of stuff, right? Love Jeeps. I drive down the road. I see every Jeep on the road. Mm. I see every Jeep next to any house, next to any driveway. I see every Jeep because my mind is focused on Jeep. I see Jeeps, right? Negative people focus negatively. Their subconscious mind shows them a negative. So they have a negative moment. So they stack a negative moment in their subconscious belief. They create a treadmill of negativity. The only way you break that cycle is to consciously change your present moment. Right. In the Bible, they would call that being born again. Set down your past. Let all that crap go and create one positive moment and then create another positive moment and start stacking positive moments into your subconscious belief because you're focused on it. Your subconscious mind is going to show you it. Right. And because you're you're creating it, it's going to stack it and they're going to change change your entire treadmill behind you. Right. Now, so that's that's the key element. Now, the other thing is, is a lot of people will, will also get into the mindset that they have a giant goal out here and it's daunting and big and they want to get to it, right? And they believe that struggle equals growth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's putting your faith in your present moment about struggle. It's easy. It just happens. Small things build to big things, right? That giant goal is never going to magically appear in your present moment. It's going to come and surround your present moment experience depending on what you do here. So by Mm -hmm. keeping this moment positively focused, you're changing your subconscious belief. You're changing your future outcome 
all by staying very present and making it very positive. But as long as you're focused on negative, you're creating a negative treadmill. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and let me, let me, I, I can see your mind clicking and I just want to add one little spiritual thing Please. here. To, you'll find interesting. In Buddhism, the number one quote in Buddhism is life is suffering. Okay. But when they actually translate the word that is suffering, which was the word dukkha in, in the language of Pali, when they translate it to English, it says there's a problem because Pali is a conceptual language and English is a literal language. And so all English does is take other people's languages and takes meanings and puts them on paper, right? When you look at dukkha in, in the English translation, it has three distinct, three very distinct translations. But the first one is pain or suffering. So everyone thinks Buddha said life is suffering, right? But the other two translations are really interesting because the second one is habitual response. Okay. And the third one is belief from experience. <clears throat> so what Buddha actually said was life is pain and suffering because of our habitual response because of our subconscious mind. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what that actual meaning is. And Buddha, Buddhists take their entire life to meditate to shut down that response, yeah. to get to that bliss state. That's yeah. that's that's what this is all about. It's all about making your mo- present moment as positive as you can be, and as successful as you can be. And all these little tiny things stack on top of each other, and then that giant outcome comes and surrounds your experience. That's the way it works. That is. I, I can I'm pitch I'm visualizing it in my mind right now how it works and this stacking of positive reinforcement that cycle and I know you will have experienced it as well and learned from it with experience but you realize it you're aware of it you want to do something about it you you use that but there will be mishaps say another injury or and that's where I like to think of this flexibility. Well, eating that you are, you're so perfect. All right. All right. So let me, let me kind of back up. What I started mm-hmm. laying out earlier was what I call my five F's. Mm. I talked about fearlessly focused with faith. We talked about follow through, which is the small present moments. Mm. The next one's flexibility. Okay. Something's always going to come up. that's going to seem contrary to what you're trying to achieve. Something mm-hmm. always does mm-hmm. in that moment. If something came up and you had your mind set on a positive outcome and something came up, you have to realize that your subconscious mind is showing it to you not to stop you. Your subconscious mind is not against you. It's part of your process, right? It's showing it to you because it's something that needs to be addressed to get to your goal. So you've got to, instead of going, I'm done, like when COVID hit, I could have said I'm done, right? Mm. Instead of that, instead I said, no, what what am I going to do now? How am I going to be flexible? What's cool is after COVID, I'm going to have online courses, a book, uh, video courses. I'm going to have all this extra products, right? And the speaking industry is not going to change anytime soon. It's now added virtual programs on top of your your live programs, which I'm grateful for because the year before COVID, I traveled over 200 days speaking. Yeah. Right? Now I I get to come into my room and talk to people from my my office and I'm done. You get a check, right? So it... Flexibility comes in the idea that you are the creator of your experience. You know, I am. Earlier on, I did that quote from from the Bible. says, uh, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. And Moses said, God's name is I am. But it's the next line in the Bible that's even better than that one. 
And that it is uh, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. And and when something comes up that seems like it's impossible, even even surmounting that is is possible for you. Right? Something comes up that seems like it's like it's you know insurmountable, quote unquote. You have absolutely one hundred percent the ability to overcome it. Mm-hmm. I was told I would never do stunts. I was told I'd never do so. I've done over four thousand stunt shows all over the world. Right? Jumped off buildings, been on fire. I have I have done crazy crazy things with my body. I got my black belt. Right? I do nunchucks and whips and you know all kinds of crazy things. I can I can do anything, and so can you, because I am not special. I just un- understand how my how my brain works, understand yeah. how, the, how the system works, and I think that's what most of all the spiritual teachers were. They just understood, and they're all telling us, "Greater works than I have done, you will do." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is again, you're making it sound so simple, right? That's that's the problem. It's too simple. <laughs> It's 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 so simple that people want to put uh, difficulty into it. Yeah, you know, they, it can't be that simple. Well, sorry to say, it is. It's that simple. Small how, present moments. How do you manage your environment then to get this optimal? Because you'll have people saying, "No, it's not that," um, and you need negativity. A wee bit like you need suffering to, which I get, but it's reinforcing the negativity especially from a maybe a societal point of view, maybe you spend so much time at work in a job that you don't like that you can't escape, you can't actually take your physical body or your mind out of that space, etc. So so what did Henry Ford say? say? He said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. right? Mm-hmm. You're, the, the interesting thing is the simplicity of all this is, is that your present moment choices are your are tomorrow's outcomes. Today's choices are tomorrow's outcomes. So if you want to choose that you can't, if you want to choose be choose that it's too difficult, right? And a lot of times, especially when you know when I talk spirituality, I talk about all kinds of teachers, right? And when I talk about those teachers, it's interesting because some of the people who are very religiously dogmatic want to argue and fight with me. Right. Because they're very rigid in their, in their thinking. And this is the way it is, no matter what. Right. Mm. I, I it's not my job to <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. It's not my job to care. Mm-hmm. It's my job to live my life and not theirs. And what they're yeah. trying to do is they're trying to make me live their life so that they feel powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm this is the way I live. and I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Right. How's how's your miserable life going? Mine's going pretty <laughs> darn well over here. Right, right, right. Your job, your job is to make your part of the world good. Because the more people who can make your part of the world positive and successful, the more of us who do that, the more the world changes. Right. And the poor, more people want to, you know, here in the States, we're, we, we're, we've gone through a lot of real crazy stuff lately. You know, we've had some real wacky people doing some really harmful things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, it's, scary in the fact that the wacky people were were really getting all the attention there for a while right and what's interesting is is that you know the world is 99% positive but the wacky people get the good press yeah right right the, the ones who are the anomaly get the good press unfortunately by giving them the focus 
it gives more people reason to give them credibility. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure that we – I'm not going politics with you. <laughs> no, 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 no politics. But, <laughs> um, but Mother Teresa once said they asked her to go to a, a war rally, an anti-war rally. And she said, uh, no, have a peace rally and I'll come. So what's the difference? One's focused on war one's focused on peace, mm. right? And that is really the key. What are you focused on? Are you focused on the negative outcome? Are you focused on judging others? You know, it's so funny. The, the number one rule of Christianity, judge not lest ye shall. And yet I've never met more judgmental people than people who are who are religiously dogmatic mm. in, into a religion, you know, because they're like, well, you don't think like I do, so I'm judging you, right? So it's, it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you do from an action or a habit thing that helps you reinforce that cycle that is very simple to do each day, each week, yeah, however. Absolutely. I, I meditate twice a day. I meditate when I wake up. I meditate when I go to bed. Well, why, why do you do that? Because I want my present moment to feel blissful. And so it's best to start and end your day in a blissful state. So I get, I, I meditate on the blissful state of unconditional love morning and evening and then it carries me through the day and i find that if for some reason because i'm traveling or something I, I miss one of those sessions my days never goes well when i've missed one of those sessions but it is my it's, it's been it's my habit and it's been so for over 30 years i do it every day mm. right it it's worth it to give your give yourself that moment that time you know i i go anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes twice a day <clears throat> and yeah. people say well that's a lot of time well no it's not really because not for what, the yeah what you get yeah, well, yeah. and not only that you know what not not for what you're getting at at the moment but the fact that it changes the rest of your day it makes the whole rest of the day you know go so much easier that you're saving so much time in that as well because you because um, guilt and fault and all that crap takes up too much time and energy so, yeah right, yeah it's yeah, a waste. yeah the waste okay <laughs> great I love that because th- when I meditate it's i fall in and out of habits with it right but whenever i do it it's the most present you can feel and you again meditation is non-judgmental space being present but you i always feel why have i not prioritized this is the 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 good moment the the, that present moment that you feel at that time and Um, and the other, other thing that's really interesting about meditation is there's a couple of moments in meditation that are are fascinating. One of them is that the first moment you're in there and you're still very much in body and you're and you're experiencing the the, the trying, you know, the trying to shift. And I don't believe in trying, but, you know, um, and I, and it doesn't take me nearly what it used to. But there's this moment where suddenly you release the body mm-hmm. and you're you're just there and you're realizing that. You're not. Accessing from that that finite space anymore. And what happens is you have this feeling of ah, all the weight of that junk is off of me now. Mm. And, you're, and you're suddenly in the space of <clears throat> everything seems bigger and smaller at the same time. Right. Because now you're 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 a smaller self physically, but you're a larger self consciously. And the more you you get to that space, the next thing that happens is you you start to get this wash of bliss over you. 
And that wash of bliss just sits there and permeates and permeates and permeates. And you just kind of go away for a while, right? You know, and just live in that, in that feeling. And that feeling, as I, I call it, uncon- I call it unconditional love because there's no condition. It's just this wash of pure blissful energy. Mm-hmm. And to me, doing that twice a day is the best gift I could give myself. It's the best gift I could give to my son because I'm not going to react to him fearfully or angrily because I'm in that mm-hmm. state, you know, and my, my whole world changed dramatically when I started meditating twice a day, making mm-hmm. that my habit. Mm-hmm. And there we have it. Myself and John talking about all things self-improvement. What did you take away from that? What are you going to implement from our discussion about how to use these things effectively to create habits around those things? Since chatting with John, I have, I meditated before, but now I'm meditating more than ever. And the peace of mind it is bringing me is substantially more than it was before so what are your lessons learned how are you going to use this i would love to hear from you like i mentioned at the start there'll be a little gift from john in the show notes and if you're wanting to hear from me not only on a monday for the podcast but also every sunday with some thoughts to wake up to join my email list I will add that to the show notes as well for you. Thank you for everybody that has joined already. I've loved hearing from you as well. Hope you all have a good week and I will see you all next time. Cheers.